I was sitting in the main, a Hebrew delicatessen on Saint Laurent in Montreal. Leonard Cohen was hunched over a small, spiral-bound notebook, writing as if his career depended on it. He'd been at it for the better part of an hour, and I couldn't decide if he was working on a dinner list, a new song, or a revision to one of his more odious tunes. Suzanne, maybe? Alleluia? That's no way to say goodbye? Maybe he was working on something that would revive his career. It seems like it's always raining in Montreal. It isn't true, though. It rains no more here than anywhere else, and what the city has to offer is worth whatever misconceptions you entertain. I get the best bagels in the world. I get the smoked meat sandwiches, both here and across the street at Schwartz's, where the fancy people eat. I get the amazing barbecued chicken with that vinegar sauce. There is the jazz festival and the rivers and Westmount. You run into people like Cohen and Donald Sutherland, and I understand that William Shatner is from somewhere around here, although the locals don't seem to give a damn. There are a lot of people that most Americans think are American, but who really live here and circulate among the great unwashed. I like Montreal. I was sitting in the last booth, the one that nobody wants, and watching the door. Cohen was in my line of fire, so to speak, and I really didn't care if he was writing the next great novel or was somehow managing to bestow another beautiful gem upon Judy Collins. I didn't care if he was writing a manifesto. I was waiting for a killer. Cohen was just in my way, and I really hoped he'd leave. I'd been there for five days, and even though I loved the city, it was getting boring, and the management, cranky at best, was getting tired of my being here. They don't close until after 4 a.m., and then get it all going again around 11 a.m. the next day somehow. I'd be cranky too. The door opened, and I saw the brim of a hat hesitate, then enter. It wasn't a ball cap. It was a real, by God, fedora, and it looked expensive. The man beneath looked indiscriminate, like anyone. He walked to the counter and ordered, then casually looked around the room. I knew he had seen me the minute he walked in, but he was making it look as if he had only just then become aware of my presence. He stared at Cohen. After a moment, Cohen lifted his head and looked around the room as if surprised to find himself there, and then reached for his raincoat. In a moment, we were alone in the dining room, and he walked over. You been looking for me? Yep, I said. I'm here. You eating? I am, he said. Sit down. Join me. He just stared at me. Look, I know your father, and I know damn well he taught you it's impolite to stare at people. Sit down. He took off his hat very slowly, and then looked for a place to hang it. There were hooks near the door, but they did not satisfy him, apparently, because he set the wet hat down near the condiments on the table. He shrugged out of his jacket, then sat and leaned back in the booth. Sorry, you get used to certain kinds of people, he said. I nodded. How long were you going to wait? He asked. Not much longer. I have a life I need to get back to. 
Your dad and I are friends, but we're not that good of friends. He sat up as the waitress brought the food to the table. He'd ordered the smoked meat sandwich with fries and coleslaw. Of course. What else? Yellow mustard or French? I didn't care. I'd eaten the same every day I was here, and I liked it both ways. Montreal is the only place in the world you get smoked meat like this. It's unctuous and sublime. I watched him eat and thought about what I'd been told. He is a killer. He is for hire. He had learned from the best and is a master of damn near everything related to the military and quasi-military. He is a master of open hand and the knife. He has no formal education, but can read and speak Italian, French, English, Spanish, and Japanese.